This podcast may contain inaccurate information, bad language, and spoilers. When life gets you down, your car just won't start. Agony on. It's time for Agony on. If you've reached a dead end, you're not sure what to do. Well, Agony Art is for you. At times life is grand, you've got the world in your hands. Then somehow you drop that ball. Drop that ball. Instead of watching it fall, give Agony Art a call. Welcome to Agony Art, the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems through the great art of our age. I'm Liam. I'm our resident foraging fictioneer. Today I'm joined by Carl, our audio analyst. That sounds boring. (laughs) (laughs) And Aaron, our movie marauder. I know what everyone's thinking. (laughs) Put that axe down. (laughs) I know what everyone's thinking. Something's gone horribly wrong in Liam's brain. No, this is a very special episode of Agony Art. Well, it could be both. Probably probably is both. The form is more likely to be both. This is the Presenter Swap Special. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. It's like wide swap, but medium swap. Medium swap. I like it. So in today's episode, we're going to be switching things up a bit because everyone is bored out of their minds of same old agony art. Week in, week out. this again. (laughs) So before we begin this week, I wanted to uh, have a little bit of a chit chat, as it were. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, we're always recommending art that has only come up because it's, a, you know, related somehow to the problem. But we don't really get a chance to recommend the things we really like or talk about things that, you know, we've wanted to watch lately. So is there anything that's been hmm. come up lately that you want to talk about in particular? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I've, um, I've been watching more films lately than a long time. So I've watched late, lately. I've also been to cinema a couple of times, saw The Suicide Squad, which is quite good. Uh, saw Shang-Chi, which you'll find a... Review on our uh, Instagram page if you want to see yeah, what I posted of it. a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, um, I watched uh, Sweet Girl on Netflix. There'd also be a review mm. on our. Instagram. That was quite raved about. What did you think for uh, people who won't see that Instagram post? Pretty dog shit, really. Um, <laughs> dog shit. No, it was kind of alright, but it just didn't know what kind of film it was. And the the twist is the thing to talk about. The twist was f- crazy. And I don't oh, want to say, yeah. go and watch this crazy twist. It just makes no sense. They've gone for, wow, what a twist. But it's just completely illogical. It wasn't actually Sweet Girl that I was thinking of. It was no. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth? I was thinking of, oh, I yeah. don't know that, no. Uh, what about you, Aaron? What have you consumed? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it often well, on the podcast anyway, actually, didn't you? Like, Yeah, because I don't um, obviously read books very quickly. That's why I have to fill this podcast out with books that I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> but... My wife and I are obsessed with Overcooked, which is a um, well. I'm playing it on PS5. It's a PlayStation game which was in the um, PS Plus monthly games in September weeks ago now, which is just great and it's so addictive. It's a couch co-op game, which there aren't many of these days, are there? No. Two people sitting on their couch, co-oping, co-ing up. Co- Do what? Is that why they call it couch co-op? <laughs> yeah, because you're going up. Yeah, you're coming up. It's coming up in here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, before we begin, I'd like to make it crystal clear that we are not here to solve any real problems. We're not qualified for that. We can't solve anything. 
(laughs) (laughs) So if you really do need help and you don't just have a trivial problem that you want us to laugh about, then go to our website where you'll find some guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. Right, so let's start with problem one. And remember, this week the roles are switched. So Carl, you're on music. Aaron, you're on films. Oh shit, I haven't watched any films. And I'll be taking books. Are you going to say, I haven't watched this, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, problem one. My parents have been pushing me to play tennis since I was little. I assume because they want me to be a future Wimbledon star. The trouble is, I'm no Roger Federer. So their dreams will never come true. And what's more, I don't really enjoy it that much. I think it will break their hearts if I totally give it up. But I can't go on trying to live up to expectations I know I can't meet. What should I do? Well, it's obvious what name we should use to anonymise this person, isn't it? You better not ruin my example. Uh, I'm talking about our local girl who won the US Open just ah, before we okay. started this series. Yeah. Is she local? Okay. Emma. Yeah, she's from... Bromley. Bromley. I didn't know that. I told you from earlier. From Orpington. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Emma, yeah. Yeah, Emma. let's go with Emma. All right, I'll begin then. Um, so, I'm in the world of film and TV. Have you enjoyed it? Have it you enjoyed my world? It just feels so different. Hmm. It's a whole new world. Unbelievable sights. <laughs> a new fantastic point of view. No one to tell me no. <laughs> or where to go. <laughs> Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> but I'm not going to cover Aladdin in this episode. What I am going to talk about is Six Feet Under, which ran from 2001 to 2005. It was an HBO series about a family-owned funeral home starring Michael C. Hall, big actor, Peter Krause. Dexter, isn't he? Michael C. Hall. Yep. Yeah. And Richard Jenkins, massive actor. Did you watch this in the original run? Yes. 20 years ago. Yeah. Whoa. I was obsessed with Six Feet Under and I loved it. And I have it on DVD in there. Or the DVD collection. I made my wife watch it recently. It's on Skybox sets. So Can you we'll imagine just someone it. watching it? Someone who's listening to you now, picking it up today, it's as old as something in 1981 would have been when you watched it. When you... <laughs> crazy, though, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You'd be like... If, some, if your mum and dad said, oh, watch this 1981 series, you'd be like, fuck off. Yeah, but Carl, anything you recommend that was made in 2021 mm. is as will be as old in 2041 as this is today. No. How yeah. mad is no, that? It doesn't work, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so how did it go down when you made your wife watch it because I, I i don't like showing people things i like <laughs> it always ends up badly um she was reluctant massively reluctant we tried it twice the first time she was like this is crap i'm not watching this <laughs> and we gave up after about three episodes but a couple of years later she'd grown up a little bit you know <laughs> she'd realized the error of her ways i love you wife uh, <laughs> and she loved it the second time and it's amazing. It's really good. It is one of those things that's very slow at the beginning, like The Sopranos. If you weren't there at the time watching it when TV was a bit slower anyway, because things st- tend to start with a bang now mm. and they didn't used to. And you I think kind Lost of think, changed that, didn't it? Because Lost's opening scene is outrageous, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah. And you think like the first few episodes of things, you think, oh, this is a drag. What am I going to drag myself through five series of this for? If you've got the patience to get through it, you get really invested. And by the end, in the last episode, it's quite upsetting. And my wife was in floods of tears. So was I the second time. I'd already watched it through once. (coughs) We're very emotional people anyway. But (laughs) anyway, so it's got Michael C. Hall, Peter Grouse, Richard Jenkins, other amazing actors like um, Lauren Ambrose. I love her. Frances Conroy. She's great. Freddie Rodriguez, fantastic. 
Farmer Hoggett. Oh, Remember babe. him? From Babe. Oh, yeah. yeah. His name's Farmer Hoggett in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Jenkins is the patriarch, and the series starts with him driving his hearse along. He's not really paying attention. He's smoking while he's driving, even though his wife has forbidden it. I think he's on the phone with her while he's talking, and she's like, are you smoking? And he's like, nah. And, uh, yeah, so he's doing all this, driving along, and then a bus plows into the side of his hearse and kills him. And so Nate played by Peter Krause, is the oldest child of the family and he's moved away to pursue any career other than funeral planning. Anything as long as it's not funeral planning. Claire, who's played by Lauren Ambrose, is the youngest kid. She's an artsy stoner type. She's still at high school. So, it's been left to David, who's played by Michael C. Hall, to pick up the slack and take over the family business. And he's been studying for years to qualify as a mortician or whatever they're called. Are they not undertakers? Uh, no, they're wrestlers. <laughs> um, oh, <yeah>. Rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> uh, so he's had to pick up the slack and take over the family business. He's done all this studying and even though he's not very good at it, and especially compared to his colleagues, Freddy Rodriguez is Rico and he's like a amazing mortician people who have been in horrible accidents he rebuilds their faces so that they can have open caskets and stuff he's just this michael c hall's character david he's just always felt like he had to do it because it's what his dad expected of him and after nathaniel senior's death richard jenkins nate moves back to his home to help his brother run the family business but rather than thanks he often just gets bitter rants from David who feels like he's been pushed into a profession that he never would have chosen and he doesn't really excel at. And he just did it, really, to make his dad proud, not because he wanted to. And a recurring device in Six Feet Under is that at the beginning of every episode, someone dies. And because it's like a black comedy, they often die in a funny way, like one of them is um, autoerotic asphyxiation. One of them is like a con man who is trying to con someone and he to prove how much money he's got. He shows him his pool and stuff. And then at the end of the speech he gives, he just dives into the pool, whacks his head on the bottom of the pool and dies. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. And when they're embalming these people in the funeral home, they have conversations with them. And it's not like they're spirits. It's not any kooky uh, way of depicting it. They'll just be like, their body will be on the slab. And then they will also just be sitting on a side counter talking to like David or mm. Nate. And they'll work out their issues during that episode by talking to these people. And a, someone they talk to quite often is their dad, Richard Jenkins. Um, and this issue that David has about his career and the pressure he felt to do it, even though he didn't really want it and he wasn't very good at it, is something that he slowly works out through the, as the series go on. Which proves that if he'd just spoken to his dad while he was alive, he might have sorted this issue out years earlier and not had to go into the funeral home business, even though he didn't enjoy it, and waste his life, basically, and end up with all these issues. So, as hard as it might be, that is my solution. You need to speak to him now, not him, both of them, them. Yeah. both of your parents. Mm. And just say, look, I know you want me to be the next Emma Raducanu, but I just can't do it. Mm. I'm not good enough. And I don't enjoy it. It's shit. Tennis is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I want to have a bit of a heart to heart here before I go into this. Cause I was, I was truly honored when 
Aaron bequeathed me the job of being in charge of the literary examples. You know, I felt like it was a real acknowledgement of my cultural awareness and maturity. So I is thought it, I'd better start with a real classic. You know? Isn't it more that I haven't read many books? <laughs> yeah, I thought we picked these roles out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and when Liam picked out books, I said, oh, he's going to butcher it. <laughs> well, look, that aside, there's one aspect of this problem that's screaming out to me. And it really sounds like your parents just aren't listening to you. And there's one classic literature example uh, of how not listening to what your child wants can lead to some really dire consequences. So in 1980, Anderson Press published a short book by David McKee called Not Now Bernard. Remember Not Now Bernard? <laughs> no. Do you no, not know this? I remember Bernard's watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so Not and Now... my B- granddad was called Bernard. Is that... Anything to do with it? No, no, it's not. And, uh, Unless he was Bernard, but I don't think so. And Bernard Hill, the actor, starred in the two biggest Oscar-winning films of all time. And Benny Hill used to change chase women around in circles to yakety sacks. And The Hills of Eyes is like a horror film. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything with eyes in it. <laughs> this is so a- Bernard Hill, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And> it's watch. <laughs> I mean, this has ruined my joke a little bit. Cause you, you, were, you were supposed to know that this is a kid's, kid's book. I know it's a kid's oh, book. Oh, you do know it's a kid's book. So I've you do know it, it then. I couldn't tell you anything it. about it. <laughs> my wife would know. She loves kids' books. All right. Well, it's a, what I would say about it is it's quite dark. So it follows the story of Bernard. He's a child who tries to get his mum and dad's attention. But they just keep saying to him, Not now, Bernard. Exactly. And. Even when he tries to tell his mum that there's a monster in the garden, she just says, Not now, Bernard. Which, you know, if my child told me, I haven't got one, but if I did have a child and they told me there was a monster in the garden, I'd at least have a look. You'd shit yourself. <laughs> I probably would, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, let me know when you've dealt with it. <laughs> so, not knowing what else to do, Bernard goes into the garden to greet the monster. And the monster very rudely eats him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And there's a picture in the book of... Him just, like, licking his lips and holding the shoe. Um, and the rest of the book gets quite interesting because the monster goes back into the house to terrorise the mum and dad. <laughs> and they just ignore the monster and say... Not now, monster. They say, not now, Bernard. <laughs> oh. And finally, the apparently absent-minded mum puts the monster into Bernard's bed. And even when he objects with, but I'm a monster, his mum just says... Not now, Bernard. Exactly. This is pretty savage. And then she turns out the light. And I think the last picture in the book is just the monster's eyes in the darkness. And he's like, Ooh. So Bernard's dead. Well, this is it. And and this the, the original lesson I was going to say to take from this is if you ignore your children over and over again, then they might get eaten by a monster. Could do, couldn't they? But, like I say, for a very long time, I took this story very literally. As you do when you're a kid, you read these things and you don't think much of it, do you? But in October 2014, Sheila Hancock wrote an article for The Independent in which she suggested that Bernard was never actually eaten by the monster. He became the monster after his parents started ignoring oh my him. God. And when I read that, <laughs> I was like, light bulb moment. This makes so much sense. Why didn't I see this from the beginning? It, the moral of the story is don't ignore your children because they'll turn into bad-tempered monsters. And if you look at it like that, it's actually not that sad because presumably in the morning 
when Bernard wakes up, he'll be Bernard again and no longer the monster because he's had a good night's sleep. Maybe he's a monster. It's going to be a monster for the rest of his life. Is that? Yeah. Because yeah, like, he was ignored as a child. So it could be a heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> the monster is heroin. This, this has escalated. <laughs> How did he buy it from his garden? <laughs> Daddy, there's a dealer in the garden. Not now, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but whatever way you slice it, whatever way you look at it, that's the point. You know, all of these things are bad outcomes. Don't ignore your children. Think about what they want. And don't just say you're going to be a tennis star like Emma Raducanu. The top tennis star of all time. Yep. Woo. Emma Raducanu. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you. And um, But um, you've kind of put the emphasis on the parents there to listen more. Whereas I'm going to using the medium of music. <laughs> Do you want us to lay down a beat for you? <laughs> Please, yeah. <laughs> this is a story. <laughs> um, being the film expert, some of my songs are from films, just to let you know, because that's what I know. So, Wait a minute. We've done a swap special where mm. we can't use the mediums that we normally use and you've decided to stick with films no i'm using a song from a film <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so how far i'll go by um sung by uri cravello so as you know from the film that the song is from that i'm using as an example um <laughs> moana has a calling well the ocean is calling her she needs to leave her island she feels it in her bones but her parents need her to uh, fulfill her duty and become the next chief of the island so she's torn and she's not being like a um, a bratty girl saying no I want to go and do this she's kind of she loves her island but it's just the feeling that she needs to go and do something else is just so strong and so in the song How Far I'll Go she sings she I know everybody in this island seems so happy on this island everything is by design I know everybody on this island has a role on this island so maybe I can roll with mine I can lead with pride, I can make you strong, I'll be satisfied if I play along, but the voice inside sings a different song. What is wrong with me? Exactly. And so she can't, um, she can't ignore that feeling. And, what? well, we all know what uh, Moana does, she just grabs a boat and fucks off. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently... So this person should do that too. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Just grab a boat and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> her parents must presume that she's dead or something like she's gone they don't even know there's boats there because she finds them in a cave didn't she when she drums a drum her dad knows though doesn't oh, he? Does he, yeah. he's all pissed off when she finds them yeah he's so you like, must know the boat's gone getting then, yeah. on a boat and fucking off and then she does <laughs> yeah that's right yeah but then she comes back and she saves the Pacific Ocean from n- the pneumonia f- pneumonia <laughs> <laughs> the fire monster that's actually the island lady oh spoilers sorry <laughs> so that is like a big spoiler isn't it yeah <laughs> um so yeah the song really is her battling with that emotion and she knows she's gonna go against her parents wishes she knows that she will eventually and she keeps trying so you may as well just bite the bullet and say i can't do this i know what you want me to do but i have another another destiny to fulfill um so yeah that's what i would do is just tell them and then fuck off on a boat <laughs> but um, interesting, interestingly, about this song, um, who wrote the so- soundtrack to Moana? Lin Manuel Miranda and another guy, Matthew, someone. Yeah, don't know. About well, him. I think Lin Manuel Miranda did the lyrics, didn't he? I don't think he does. He d- yeah, well, maybe Mark not. Mancina was the other guy. Okay, <laughs> um, but he originally wrote the song more 
for Moana. Have you? Did you know that? Have you heard more? It's on the soundtrack. It's an outtake, they call it. And it sounds exactly like a Hamilton song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One trick pony, really, isn't it? Well, you, when you say exactly, do you mean it was reused in Hamilton? Well, you, uh, after this, we'll listen to it. And like, it just, it sounds like it's from Hamilton. She goes, my name's Moana. And Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the song, um, How Far I'll Go, is called an I Want song. It's, it's, a, it's a tool that Disney used to establish what the main character wants. It's a, mu- it's a do. musical theatre term, yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. Every a lot of characters have an "I want" song. And since the Dis- since the nineties Disney films, they've always included one, which is usually the big song of the film as well. And so Miranda knew it had to be a big tune, and it also follows "Let It Go," which is the last Disney Studios animation film. So it's got to be a banger. Mm. So he wrote this more, and he knew it wasn't good enough. So, or he probably got told it wasn't good enough. So he went back to his parents' house and locked himself in his childhood room to <laughs> to remember what being a 16-year-old wanting something else was like. And he knocked out How Far I'll Go by the end of the weekend, apparently. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a good song. Got a good message. And uh, I think oh, my suggestion would be to listen to it. But my research evolved into a pop quiz, asshole. Ah. If you would like to uh, partake. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Okay. Um, what's your buzzer, Aaron? Whoop. Liam? so i'm gonna name the disney song and i want you to name the i want song all right hercules aaron go the distance oh sorry i should have said as well you have to sing it (laughs) i will find my way i can go the distance one point for aaron things on buzzers the lion king liam oh i just can't wait to be king one one oh we got a game here i had the lion king on game gear did anyone have that i had it on snes Amazing game. Great game. Such yeah. a good game. Okay. Uh, things on buzzers. Little Mermaid. Whoop. Uh, no, I've forgotten the name of it. Look no, at this crunch. stuff. I know how it Isn't goes. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Is it that one? I don't know. Part of your world? Yeah, that's what I was singing. Yeah, yeah but you didn't sing it right. What do you mean I didn't sing it right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first two lines. All right, I'll give you a point. Two. You should have sung the chorus. Yeah, and you didn't <laughs> sing it. You just spoke it. <laughs> I spoke it in a sing-song manner. Sing part, <laughs> sing part of your world now, and then you can have the point. I don't know the chorus. That's the problem. All right, you don't get a point. One all. I can go the distance <laughs> to be king. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it one all still. Frozen. Whoop! <laughs> That's not even my buzzer. <laughs> Aaron. Let it go. Let it no. go. Throw it over. Why is that not the I want song? I'll clarify after. <laughs> she wants to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be, um, well. Do you want to build a snowman? No. She wants to build a snowman. Why have a barroom with no balls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says balls really funny, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, it's for the first time in forever. Um, I suppose, yeah. Because they, they say Elsa's kind of making a statement. Whereas Anna, she's the one that really wants change. Elsa wants things to stay the same, actually. Yeah. Anna wants to change. She wants to build a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tangled. Whoop. Oh, oh draw. Is that me? Mm. Uh, Seven a.m. The usual morning lineup. <laughs> when will my, my life begin? <laughs> Sorry, I had, to go, I had to go from the beginning. All right, and this one you will both know definitely. So it's two all. Sudden death. Princess and the Frog. 
Philip. <laughs> I was going to say almost there. Is that almost right? there. You yeah. never sung it though. You don't get pulled. Okay. There. there that's coming for the rest. <laughs> Three, two. Just couldn't what bring I mean. it to my mind. Oh God, that pop quiz was hard, Carl. Because the problem is, once you've got, <laughs> once you've heard one song, it's hard to get the next song in your head. Mm. Yeah. Because you've still got that previous tune in your head. No, you don't feel that. <laughs> Not when you're a music maestro like me. <laughs> Audio analyst, actually. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't promote yourself yet. I am um, anecdotally, if you like. Um, I used to do karate with my brother at um, the local leisure centre, and we both absolutely hated it. We probably did it for like a year, and we were like, oh, "Fuck karate again." And then we said, we like decided, "Oh, we need to tell my mum we don't like it. Like, let's this, this, this is shit." We said, "Mum, we don't do karate anymore." He goes, "Oh, it's fine." Yeah. <laughs> she's like completely didn't give a shit like you know mum she's so invested in karate she loves karate <laughs> she probably thought oh what a relief I don't have to take them to karate anymore probably yeah <laughs> it's just I found it boring you're just doing like like you're punching across the hall and then back again <laughs> you wanted to beat someone up didn't well you? They, they used to have a supply teacher come that was just like right come whoever can take me down wins and that was so fun. <laughs> I do that every week, honestly. He don't work there anymore. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was killed. <laughs> killed by 17 children. <laughs> What's your problem? There's no use trying to pretend you haven't got one. The three of us are here to lend a friendly ear and help you out with all that strife that's lately marked your life. Why not divulge it? You never know, we may have tips that help you solve it We know it's unlikely, but it's an impossibility If you don't share your problem Alright, on to problem two I am sick of the constant repetition of my life All I do is get up, eat, go to work, come home, eat, sleep, repeat I relax at the weekend for what feels like five minutes, and then the routine starts all over again. I don't even know how to break out of the cycle. I have to work, or I won't be able to pay the rent, so it's not like I can just quit my job and fly around the world on a hot air balloon. Is there a way out of this funk? I appreciated the Desiree reference there. It was good. It's clearly a regular listener, this person, because, as we know, that's Liam's top advice. Quit your job first. Fuck off in a balloon. Fuck (laughs) off in a balloon. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we should call this person. No, we can't call him Liam. I suppose we can. Can we call her Desiree? Or just Des. Des, Des. for short. Yeah. Des Lynam. <laughs> Des Lynam Desiree. Des Lynam is the new friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think in the world of uh, literary fiction, there's a great many characters who would share your feelings. They feel like their lives are dull and repetitive and they want to get out of them, but often they're proved wrong in dramatic fashion. So I thought I'd come up with a few examples for this one. Um, so... Let's get the obvious one out of the way first. Harry Potter, for instance. Mm. He lives in a cupboard under the stairs of his spiteful aunt and uncle's house for most of his childhood. He's bullied frequently by his cousin Dudley so much that he has no friends at school because nobody wants to get on the wrong side of his cousin's gang. And in The Philosopher's Stone, the first book, his childhood with the Dursleys, that's their family name, is... Described as 10 miserable years. For a kid's book, it's quite a lot, really, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Dudley went on to become 
best friends with Anya Taylor-Joy in Queen's Gambit. He certainly he? did, didn't he? That was mm. really weird seeing him suddenly appear in that. So what's Dudley Dursley doing? <laughs> Very skinny as well. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, as we all know, he subsequently receives an invite to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And while I wouldn't describe his life as, you know, stress-free, it's definitely eventful. And I don't think anybody would describe it as being stuck in a rut by any means. Other examples include Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Who the fuck is Alice? <laughs> from, from, Wonderland. from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Alice is bored. She has nothing to do, in her words. And she's just thinking this when a white rabbit runs by her. And it's not any old white rabbit. It's a white rabbit looking at his watch and shouting about how he's going to be late. So, you know, she follows him down his rabbit hole and the rest is history. We all know what happens next. She leaves the Matrix. She, she leaves the Matrix. She follows the white rabbit, yeah. 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 Or maybe she goes into the Matrix. I'm not quite sure how that analogy works. Uh, I think she just does acid and... (laughs) (laughs) The problem is that there was no rabbit and actually she just found her dad's acid stash. (laughs) (laughs) And one more example from one of my... uh, I was going to say one of my favourite books. I'll have to think about that, but it's definitely in my top 20. Playboy. (laughs) (laughs) Biff Uh, Chip and Kipper. (laughs) Bernard's Watch. (laughs) <laughs> not now Bernard's watch <laughs> uh, it's from Neil Gaiman's Anansi Boys published by Morrow in 2005 Fat Charlie is down on his luck office worker who's very unhappy with his life he's got an unrewarding job he's got a complete arsehole of a boss and he also has an estranged relationship with his father largely because growing up all his interactions with his dad were well they tended to end in embarrassment so there's one example where when he was younger his dad convinced him that on President's Day Children dress up as their favourite presidents, so he encouraged him to go into school in an old brown suit and painted a moustache onto him because he was supposed to be taffed. Um, and he went in and everyone laughed at him, obviously, because uh, it wasn't, wasn't supposed to be. But when his father suddenly dies, Fat Charlie learns that he wasn't an ordinary embarrassing dad after all. But in fact, he was the West African spider trickster god, Anansi. And a whole load of drama and excitement soon come a-knocking. So yeah, long story short, as... Heraclitus said, as we all remember, change is the only constant in life, and fiction teaches us that change will come when we least expect it. What, so you're just saying just be patient, Des? Be patient, Des. Line them, hang in there, and you will present Countdown again. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, um, the first song that sprung to mind with this is uh, a little-known song. It's called uh, Take Your Job and Shove It by Johnny (laughs) Paycheck. Um, the next song that immediately sprang to mind was uh, Rihanna, Work. Um, because, you know, she just says, great advice, work, 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 work. <laughs> he said me have to work, 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 work. He see me do the dirt, 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 dirt. So put me in work, 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 work. Yeah, so she's just, you know, the, the message is clear. All she does is work. She just works and works and works. Um <laughs> But there's not a lot of advice there, really, because I don't know why she's working. and uh... <laughs> Presumably to pay her bills. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so the spin I'm taking on this problem is, um, do you know the song um, You Get What You Give by the New Radicals from 1998? Don't let go, you got the music in you. Yep. He sounds like that as well. One dance left. This world got a room. Don't. Give up. You got a reason to live. Good, forget. You only get what you give. 
I think that's spot Should on. I be calling an ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, what they're trying to say is you've got a reason to live and what, you know, you might... You only get what you give. You only get what you give. So, you know, if you think you're in a rut, then it's your job to get out of the rut. If you think you're worth more... Go out and find worth for. You know, fuck off on a boat. Um, <laughs> this is a running theme. Yeah. And much like Moana, you've got the music in you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, this is a one-hit wonder. Did you know that? No. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I did know that because I can't name any other songs yeah. by them. <laughs> no. Exactly, yeah. But when I say one hit, like, is it number five a hit? Oh, banging hit. Because it, it was number one in Canada and New Zealand, so there is definitely your... It was definitely a huge song, though. I remember they played it on the radio yeah. all the time, didn't they? It's always used as, like, soundtracks and stuff yeah. as well, isn't it? It's mm. always... Well, it's so huge that um, Joni Mitchell praised the song, saying um, she prays you get what you give for rising from the swamp of music like a flower of hope. <laughs> swamp strong. of music, <laughs> yeah. And um, Ice-T was asked on Late Night with Conan O'Brien about what he has heard besides rap music. It's 2006, eight years later. In the last few years, it really grabbed him. And his only reply was, you get what you give. <laughs> Wasn't even talking about that song. <laughs> um, U2 lead guitarist, The Edge, is quoted as saying, you get what you give is a song he most he's most jealous of. He would really have loved to have written that. It does sound a bit like a U2 song, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's I'm also... surprised by all this love for it. I, I think know, it's a really too. average song. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially like, so there's controversy over the little rappy bit that's meant to be like a really political. Um, so they say health insurance, rip off lying, FDA, big bankers buying, fake computer crashes dining, cloning while they're multiplying, fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. You're all fakes. Run to your mansions, come around, we'll, we'll kick, kick your, your ass, ass in. in. Mm. So, um, obviously, he's mugging off Beck and Hanson and Marilyn Manson and mm. Courtney Love. Well, should that the other way around, should I? Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And he said that, oh, I did I did that because I, I mugged off celebrities at the end, but I mentioned some really serious issues, political issues at the beginning, and I wanted to see what the media would focus on. And obviously, it was the celebrities being mugged off. Yeah. Dicky thing to say. Isn't it? <laughs> um, Marilyn Manson said um, he'd crack his skull open if he saw him because he oh, not because he sang about him because he mentioned him in the same sentence with Courtney Love, which is a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah, what's wrong with Courtney Love? I don't know. She's a rock icon. Yeah, and not a disgraced one like Marilyn Manson is now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the song's got a good message. The message you need to hear. Des Desmond. <laughs> Desmond Ray <laughs> Desmond Ray Lyons. Desmond was my favourite character in Lost in the end yeah yeah I loved him mine was always John Locke but I did love Desmond mm. he's just so confused all the time like I've got to go back in time now wait a minute like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so there's a strong message there it might not it might be a pretty average song that's got a lot of love but um, you've got a reason to live and we only get what we give Put the effort in, son. You mean like you got to get yourself out of it? Is that what you mean? Or? Yeah, of course. If you don't like, if you don't like something. If you don't like your life, the first thing you got to try is to change your life. Surely, right? Mm. Yeah, I agree. I am. Um, I really obsessed over this uh, constant repetition thing, and I was looking at films with time loops. Maybe I should make this a pop quiz, asshole. Yes. <laughs> Can you name films with time loops in them? Tenet. Doctor Strange. Yes, Doctor Strange. I haven't seen Tenet, but yeah, why not? 
Groundhog Day. Back yeah, to that's the, the that's the big one, isn't it? Is it just time? Oh, time not loops. Not time travel. Time ah, loops. time loops. Okay. Yeah, not Tenet then. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, Groundhog Day. No, I mentioned the biggest one. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's a time loop Disney film. Source Code, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's a good film. Remember Remember time loops in that. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing is a time loop, it. isn't it? He's yeah. got to try got again, to and again to save the train. Sort of train oh. blowing up and crashing. Yeah, I, do, I um, remember the twist. I don't that has a real good twist. Yeah. yeah, he turns out to be Jason Momoa, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day is obviously the biggest one. I think that's the one that most people would mention first. 1993 film starring Bill Murray, who plays a cynical weatherman who gets trapped in a time loop and has to relive February 2nd until he finds a way out, gradually learning a little bit more each time. Is this technically allowed? Because Aaron's already done the book that Groundhog Day was based on. It doesn't matter because I'm moving on. (laughs) The Edge of Tomorrow, big one. Not yeah. seen the other oh, it's a great film. We've mentioned this before. It's a great have film. Yeah. Fantastic film. 2014 film starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Didn't but, we say, didn't we mention that they, or that has a little note to say it's based on the book of Groundhog Day as well, isn't it? Or something like that? Or No, it's adapted from the 2004 okay. Japanese novel All You Need Is Kill by <laughs> Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Their names are terrible. All <laughs> you need is kill. <laughs> <laughs> In that, Earth has been invaded by an alien race and Tom Cruise gets stuck in a time loop, which he can only escape by learning how to defeat them. Again, each time he learns a little bit more until he gets to the heart I always of think, the issue. can you imagine how painful that would be every time? Like, yeah, It's like when you complete a game and die without saving, right? <laughs> or when you're, when you're getting to the end of a level. Yeah. And like, he has to do it over and over again. Like, actually, actually do it as well. You know. Well don't done. worry, Carl. I don't think he died at all. Well done, Tom. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon it was fiction. Don't worry. Nah. Well, it's funny you should mention video games, Carl, because one that I played recently was Returnal on PS5, which is a 2021 roguelite bullet hell PS5 game. Do you know what that is? I know what a rogue... There's bullet light, lots of bullets flying around. Bullet hell means, yeah. yeah, there's just loads of bullets all over the screen. They're not normally bullets. In uh, Returnal, <clears throat> there's big orbs... Brightly coloured. It's all very neon, the game. And big orbs that are flying towards you and, you know, lasers flying across the screen and you've got to avoid it all. Did you say roguelite? Yeah. Because roguelike is when you have permadeath, basically. You have to start from the beginning again, right? Yeah. And roguelite, I don't really know what makes them different. I think it's stuff like you can save in the middle of runs. So, mm. But you actually can't save mid-run in Returnal. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep your PS5 in rest mode. Which is fine for me, but a lot of people have a big problem with that. Anyway, it's a PS5 game made by Housemark in which the protagonist, Celine, crashes on an alien planet and she's got to fight her way to the truth about why she's there and how she can escape. And in doing so, she discovers that every time she dies, she wakes up by her ship or in her ship sometimes, ready to live the day all over again. And the level changes every time, so it's not even like you can learn oh, right. um, You know what to do each time it's procedurally generated anyway in all three of those examples every time the protagonists relive the same day or the same experiences they learn a little bit more about their situation and how to get out of it so it's probably a good allegory for modern life isn't it ordinary people like you and i are trapped in a rat race living the same day over and over again 
just to earn enough money, obviously, to pay our bills and stuff. But if we want to break out of that cycle, become independently wealthy and never work again, we have to learn a little bit more each day about what we can do to play the system and escape the time loop that we're all trapped in. So that's what I'm going to advise you to do, Des. Keep an eye on your surroundings. I've got a really itchy nose. (laughs) Keep an eye on your surroundings and take some more risks and be a bit more observant of little weaknesses in the system that might allow you to break out of your never-ending cycle. For example, by finding a podcasting niche that will make you a billionaire. Like us. Yeah, but not this one because we've already taken this one, okay? We could do this one because we've not broken any ground yet. Yeah, we haven't been very good at it. (laughs) If you can do it better than us, Des. I had a dream, it was a curious thing. A wonderful podcast presenter's problem solved for me. They helped me with my miserable life. I had a fresh new start. But alas, when I awoke, all I could find was agony. Right, on to our final problem of the day. It's problem free. I think I might be addicted to scrolling. I can't seem to keep my hands still for any decent amount of time without picking up my phone, opening up social media, and scrolling through crap until my eyes hurt. How do I beat this illness? How do you two feel about this? Do you think that you spend too much time on social media apps? I I was talking to Liam about this earlier, and I'm probably not addicted but my use, my phone usage is like four hours a day, which seems a lot of waking hours, isn't it? Mine's only two, so yours yeah, is a lot in it's comparison. It's a lot more, yeah. Most of that's playing risk, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Still haven't kicked that addiction. <laughs> no, I've, I'm on a winning streak at the moment. <laughs> but I just Liam, I want to buy... Nokia are doing legacy phones now, mm. and you can buy a 3310. Yep. And I want to buy one of those so I can be like off-grid for at the weekend, say, something like that. And not, you know, I can play Snake, but I can't, like, look at Twitter and Reddit I've and stuff. i thought about this as well. Mm. We should do it together. We can well, take it's only because I manage the Agony Art Instagram account mm. that I've even got Instagram anymore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I've deleted all the other social media accounts, including hours, LinkedIn. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Your two hours difference to mine is probably social media then. Like, for me... Yeah. You know, so well, when- possibly I do do a bit of scrolling on Instagram. I do a lot of checking crypto prices, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I just refresh. <laughs> that probably mm. accounts for a lot of it, but yeah. So I don't like how much I use a phone. I don't think I use it, so it's a problem. And if someone took it away, I won't have an anxiety attack. I don't think. No. And I suppose this this actually I don't know if you wanted to say yours, but it, it kind of stem it goes into my song choice quite well. No, you can start, but we need to, a name first. Zook. 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 Who's Zook? Zook Markerberg. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on. <laughs> the Zook. The Zook stuff. Go. So, my song choice is... It was in a film, but it's not really known. It's uh, It was in Captain Marvel. Please, Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey. Exactly. And can you... Do you know all the lyrics, Liam? As... Uh, Deliver the letter, the sooner the better. So they said that. Yeah, yeah, so stuff like that. So I'm addicted to Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So 
Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, Mr. Postman. Please, Mr. Postman, look and see if there's a letter in your bag for me. Please, please, Mr. Postman. Why is it taking such a long time? Oh, yeah, for me to hear <laughs> oh, from yeah. that boy of mine. <laughs> there must be some word today from my boyfriend so far away. Please, Mr. Postman, look and see if there's a letter, a letter for me. I've been standing here waiting, Mr. Postman. So patiently for a card or a letter saying he's returning home to me. This person that they're talking about He's so desperate to see a letter, right? Can you do you remember the time when communication was so valuable? Do you know what I mean? So we get instant messages all the time now, mm. and it was so exciting to get a letter from someone. And we we did live in this generation a little bit because I remember, and I was talking about this the other day with my wife actually, being excited when you got a text. Right. Yeah, from you. Oh, my friend's texting me, and we used to sit on MSN Messenger and be like, "Oh, someone's messaging me." Yeah. Well, because it, it cost though, didn't it? Like exactly. You yeah. Can't... Yeah. And having to buy credit so that you can send like mm. a tenner would get you hundred text messages because they yeah. were ten p a pop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more precious, wasn't it? Yeah. And and our the older generation before us would have been like bloody text messages. We used to send letters. So <laughs> it's I get that it's technology moving on, but I've. I'm sad that it's not communication isn't valued like it used to be, and it's too easy, and information is too easy to come by. You haven't really got a research like, you know, you have you haven't got a, you actually don't independently find out much yourself anymore. Anyway, you just consume what you're reading, what you're being told to read, aren't you? So, mm. um, the point I'm getting at is maybe kind of simplify your life a little bit. Try and get rid of the phone. Do what I'd mentioned earlier, get a more simple phone for some periods of the day or yeah. the weekends where you can send in a text is a bit more of a thing and receiving a text is a bit more of a thing. No WhatsApp, no 50 notifications from a group message that you don't really need to read. Just get uh, excited again about... Get excited again about communicating with your friends and, yeah. that, and that boy of yours. I remember when I got first got a job away from home, I uh, I started there and I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I sent my granddad a letter just to, because he was living on his own at the time. So I thought it might be nice for him to see a letter from me and he can respond. So I wrote it all out and I put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it and then posted it to him and I didn't hear anything back. And then I saw my mum because it's her dad. And I said, oh, did granddad get my letter? And she said, yeah, I think he was a bit confused about why you bothered sending him a letter when you could just email him. (laughs) 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 All right, fair enough. (laughs) I was hoping he would have just phoned you and said, why'd you send me a letter? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice though, isn't it? I've considered writing letters to people sometimes. Mm. What stopped you? Too busy scrolling on Instagram. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Playing Risk. Yeah. <laughs> After this game of Risk, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> we can have a, a uh, game of Risk by a letter. <laughs> yeah. You could play chess like that, can't you? Can, yeah, people do, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sort of say the same sort of thing as you Carl except not get excited about communication again and the things that we used to do to communicate but get excited about stuff that isn't on your phone basically mm. just start the world out there we've got a window in the studio everybody and there's a tree we are now looking at the beautiful world out there a <laughs> dingy street in Essex <laughs> <laughs> um, is that a rat? <laughs> and I'm going to use the white lotus which is an HBO miniseries written by Mike White. Do you know who Mike White is? Um, Bleeding of the Streets. He's um, Mike Skinner. Okay. He's Jack White's brother. No, that's um, Jack Black. <laughs> 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 uh, no, 
No, Mike White wrote, talking of Jack Black, School of Rock. You can't stop the School of Rock. <laughs> yep. Um, did and you know that the um, there's a musical version of it by Andrew Lloyd Webber? I've seen posters yeah. and I heard it was shit. I, I went to see it. I thought it was brilliant. Okay. I was going to say I thought you two had mm. seen it. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the kids in it, they're all like 10 or 11. Yeah. Or maybe younger. I can't remember. But they all play the instruments live. And at one point there's a kid with a guitar behind his head going... Were hmm. they good? Yeah, really good. <laughs> no, shit. <laughs> but you feel sorry for him, so you clap anyway. That's why I thought you might have thought it was good. Like, oh, bless him. Yeah. Um, and Mike White is in... School of Rock. He's written. He's Ned Schneebly. He is. Yeah, I think. I was going to say he looks like a Ned Schneebly, didn't he? This rings a bell. Yeah, so it's written by Mike White. This show, White Lotus. The White Lotus is a fancy hotel in Hawaii, and it's frequented by loads of rich, slightly crazy people. This is a comedy series, Mm. and Connie Britton is the CFO of a major search engine, and she takes her family there for a, you know, a holiday, and. In true HBO style, we get a good look at her husband's bollocks in episode one, like close up. (laughs) He's like feeling around and saying, is this a lump? Zoomed in bollocks? Yeah. Wow. Zoomed in bollocks. Uh, Because he's worried he's got a problem with them. And her daughter is a bit of a slacktivist, someone who likes to complain about the state of the world and the hypocrisy of everyone around her. But she's all the while, she's doing nothing to acknowledge or cede any of the privilege that she has. And she's brought her friend along, someone who's a bit of a drama queen and a hypochondriac, but who ends up resenting her hosts, this family she's been brought along with, because of all their money and privilege and the fact that they're a bit of a rotten family. But the son in this family is the one I want to talk about, Quinn. He's a 16-year-old screen addict in the show, and for the first few episodes, he only appears on screen with a Nintendo Switch in his hand or on his phone just typing away. And then in one episode, he falls asleep on the beach and, you know, he's got his gadgets in his hand and they drop onto the beach and slowly the waves come in closer and closer and they just wash his gadgets away, basically. And obviously, at first, he's going mental. He's going, it's like going cold turkey for him and he can't handle it. But then he falls asleep on the beach again and again and again. And he ends up witnessing a whale jumping out of the sea and you know it's like an epiphany moment he's like opened his eyes to the beauty of the world and he makes some friends with some locals who are who like row a canoe out to sea every morning and he's like oh can i join in and in the end he's so blown away by the beauty of hawaii and his connection with these new friends that he's made that he says in one of the later episodes when his parents are like we're gonna get you a new phone he's like i don't even want a new phone oh because he wants to stay on the island and not even go home he doesn't want to even want to go you know, back to wherever they came from and returning to his empty, screen-addicted life. So, I think Zook, especially Zook, you need to find the beauty in the world that is not beauty just made for Instagram or, you know, vaccine misinformation made for Facebook. And put your screen down, go cold turkey and enjoy your life. And a film that will help you do that, another film, two films in one problem. Wow. Is The Social Dilemma on Netflix. None of I thought you'd bring this up. Yeah. And I have mentioned it before on the podcast, but it bears repeating. If you watch that, you'll realise what social media is doing to us and our brains and our society, and you'll delete every social media account that you've got. And then if you delete them, you'll have no reason to look at your phone all the time. And in fact, that show 
that film is the reason that I deleted all my social media accounts except Instagram and I only kept Instagram to promote this podcast and I don't do a very good job of that so <laughs> I might as well delete it <laughs> but it even made me delete LinkedIn it's just a poison social media is a poison LinkedIn's become not what it should be like what it's meant to be it's now just look at this person who had nothing and now has everything like well even um, when I was last on it about three years ago or whatever I never ever never ever logged on to it but on the rare occasion that I did it was like Facebook hmm. it's just a wall of people spewing bullshit all the time yeah. it's like nah I don't need to see that so earlier on I, uh, I talked a little bit about Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman Skunk Anansi Boys Sk- Skunk Anansi Boys <laughs> well I tried really hard to get a bit more variation in my examples but then I thought to myself you know what I'm only doing this <laughs> <Fuck> once variation <laughs> Aaron can do the rest of the books next time don't matter do what I want. So I've got another Neil Gaiman book for you. <laughs> so before Anansi Boys was published in 2005, in 2001, Morrow published another one of Neil Gaiman's books called American Gods. Mm. Have you read or seen this? Because it's a Amazon Prime series. No, I haven't. No. It's one of those things that's just too long for me. I don't read books more than about 500 pages. It's a big book, isn't it? It's not that big, I don't think. No. No, you fly through it, it's great. Anyway. Uh, I heard it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's a bit of an epic tale, really. It's about... about whoa, 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 epic. That sounds long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really short epic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's about a war between the old gods that, who you'll have heard of from many different types of mythology. Zeus? That's Alan's dog. <laughs> Who's seen Dream of that? Yeah. Um, isn't that Family Guy? Yeah, Blue Harvest. Um. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They took his dog. They took Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Liam can't get through about two minutes of... <laughs> two minutes? Like half a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Liam. Uh War between the old gods. Yes, the old gods. Many of you who of whom, <laughs> many of whom you'll have heard of, because um, they're from all different like mythologies. Um, but also, they're warring against the new gods of commercialism and the digital age. So, one such new god is known only as the technical boy, and he's basically a personification of the internet and everything that comes with it. And the idea is that he gets his power whenever people are using digital devices or whether they're glued on social media or raging on forums, you know, binge-watching videos, things like that. And these are all essentially ways of worshipping him. And let me tell you, he's not really someone you want to be worshipping. He's described in the book as a, as a fat young man, barely out of his teens, with spatterings of acne across his face, which obviously isn't bad in itself. But what is bad is his attitude. He's rude and impetuous. And when Shadow, the protagonist, meets him, he swears at him and he burps in his face and he threatens to kill him and he has his henchmen beat him up. He, at one point, he mercilessly kills another character by running, running them over in his limo again and again until there's nothing left of the body. But for all his bravado, he's awkward and even shy when talking with the other new gods. And he reminds me a lot of like kind of like a, a child billionaire who's like a, just too ignorant to be kind and thinks he can do what he wants sort of thing. So... In the context of American Gods, my request to you, Zook, is this. 
Don't worship the technical boy. He doesn't deserve your time. Put your phone down. And consider the many ways you can worship the old gods instead. Zeus? So... <laughs> <laughs> I've got, some, I've got some suggestions as well for worship, worshiping the old, old gods, among other things. Go to church. <laughs> go to church, you can do that. That's you one know, of this them. is a straight up sin. What? Like worshiping false gods. Well, it that's, depends on your religion, surely. That's a Ten Commandment breach <laughs> right there. It's a sin, pet Just, shop boys. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just be careful. Tread carefully, Liam. Among other things, Odin was the Norse god of poetry. So you could uh, read some John Cooper Clark poetry anthologies. Evidently, Chicken Town. Brilliant, love that one. Dionysus, uh, got a wine baby. Got a wine. Yeah, you could do that. I had Apollo. Let's for... get crunk. <laughs> <laughs> I had Apollo, who's the Greek god of music and dance. And personally, I always send up a quick prayer to Apollo before I'm recording a jingle. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I say, Apollo, guide my fingers. Then I play the Mi- piano. Mix him with um, Dionysus. You got a party. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Venus, Roman goddess of love, sex, and fertility. There's some other ways you can spend your time. The party's getting going Venus. now. Uh, leg raisers. <laughs> Your and banana rama. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my suggestion, and it actually, it ties in pretty similarly to your suggestions. We're all talking about a digital detox, really, aren't we? Mm. Worship the thirty-three ten, mm. <laughs> the old god of phones. I think they still have WhatsApp, though. Do they? Yeah, that's disappointing. You cannot <laughs> download it, though, can you? I guess so. Yeah, but, unless it's not an app, because it's not really running apps, is it? That phone? No. I don't know. Let's get one each. Let's all of us. Come on. I, yeah, I don't really use social media much, but I do use WhatsApp a lot, and I do get a bit of anxiety on that sometimes. Like when I'm sending someone a message, I'm like, "Oh, what are they going to think of that? Are they going <laughs> to respond? Have I said something wrong?" So I'm going to act offended to every message you send me now. <laughs> Carl just pulled a right face there, as if to say, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. Carl's like, "I never worry about anything I say to people. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> they can fuck off on a boat." <laughs> No, I was just wondering, like, you know everyone. Like, who are you going to offend? If you send something offensive to me, I'm not going to, like, be offended. If you're going to say I'm not going to be your friend anymore. <laughs> I don't know what you would say. Like, like I don't know how you would offend me. I know what you mean, though. I worry as well, like, that I like to make jokes that are really close to the mark, that if someone took it the wrong way, they could be offended. But because you trust that people won't, you assume they're going to laugh, but sometimes I do think, I hope he gets that. I hope he gets what I'm saying because I don't want him to think that I'm actually calling him a wanker. <laughs> but if you called me a wanker, I wouldn't like, be offended. <laughs> no, but you know, if I'm, I don't know, I made a joke about that seemed quite personal hmm. about something that you like or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That you could take personally, but I just trust that you won't. Yeah, what if you were in a mood, a sensitive mood one day, and I caught you in the wrong mood, and you went, fuck's sake, Aaron's always taking the piss out of the fact that I love yeah. fingering my bum. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean, yeah. But um, but still, yeah, I try to just dampen it down, just think, nah, he'll get it. I would just relax, guys. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's cured it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, Zook. Buy yourself a 3310. Don't download WhatsApp, and if you're thinking about worrying about things, just don't worry. Wait a minute, Nokia aren't sponsoring us. Other brick phones are available. <laughs> are they? Which ones? Seijum. 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 Just go to the shop and see if you can seijum. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think that's all we have time for today. So, Carl, what is the one piece of art you would recommend 
from today? I don't know. I wouldn't recommend any of the songs I've mentioned. No, not even Moana. <laughs> I hate them. Well, Moana is a film. I can't say watch Moana. You can say listen to I it. Can say, and then watch, watch it. Moana because the soundtrack is great. That is true. Sometimes we just listen to the soundtrack, but then we do that for a lot of the films anyway. Yeah. A lot of Disney films, and we listen to the Hamilton soundtrack and In the Heights and stuff just when we're sitting around. So yeah. You could just listen to the Moana soundtrack. Not us, not the two of us. You mean him and his wife, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and Carl sitting there listening to musicals together. Yeah. Um, I would say Six oh, Feet Under. Shit. I'm going yeah, to watch Six Feet Under. Yeah, I've done some amazing art today. Yeah, <laughs> not on the podcast. I mean, I've talked about <laughs> in, a, in the toilet. Um, <laughs> oh God, yeah, it, it has to be Six Feet Under because it's my favourite TV show ever. But as I say, you have to have the patience to get through the beginning because... Is it available say, it's, for streaming or is it... It's on Sky box sets. Other box sets are available. <laughs> 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 and if you haven't got the patience for when TV was a bit slower, but you have got a PS5, which is probably rarer than that patience, <laughs> then you've got to play Returnal. Amazing game. Really good. Mm, cool. What about you, Liam? Uh, well, if I hadn't mentioned... The other one, I would have said American Gods, but it's got to be a Nancy Boys. I love that book. It's so good. It's a bit shorter than American Gods as well, so if you haven't read it, I would definitely 499 recommend 499 pages <laughs> instead of 500. <laughs> you said not over 500, to be fair. Yeah. And I think that's all we got time for today. So check out the episode notes on agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all of the media we've mentioned today and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist where you can listen to all of the songs. If you have a problem you'd like to attempt to solve, you can reach out on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts, that's at Agony Art Podcast, or on the submissions page of our website. I'd like to thank our resident Agony Arts for their contribution. As always, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Carl. You're welcome. You're welcome. Don't worry about it. What can I say except you're welcome? And of course, as always, our most heartfelt thanks goes out to you, dear listeners. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out. We will see you then. Goodbye. But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here at Agony Art Agony Art uh, Liam, American Gods has got 752 pages in paperback form, so you can shove your short epic up your ass. <laughs> <laughs>